Hello, hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Combed Education Podcast. Let's talk here. Uh, this is Anas. I am your host and um, fellow industry hairdresser of 20-something years. And so last season, for those of you who've been listening for a while, um, I had brought on a few guests on to the podcast, and I loved it so much. And I had so much fun with that, that for season two, um, I wanted to do the same. And I was very um, strategic with who I, for lack of a better word, shot my shot with and asked to come on to the podcast because I have so many friends in this industry and there's so many incredible people. Um, but over the last couple of months, you know, being on Instagram and just watching and observing, there are a few people who have said some things that have really resonated with me. So if you're watching this on YouTube, likely you already see who my guest is. But if you're um, listening, you are in for a treat. And so I wanted to share the why behind uh, me asking Carly. So if you, those of you who don't know Carly from Blonde Chronicles, um, I wanted to, to have an interview with her because she made a post about this idea of balance. And very few people, I think, have this perspective of balance of that, like it doesn't really exist, but a lot of people were constantly searching and seeking. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about. But before we get into that, I'm going to give it over to Carly because um, I want to know your story. So first, thank you for being on. And second, can you share um, a little bit about your story, your industry, like how you got in and how Blonde Chronicles was born? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and so glad that we connected over social. So um, I have been doing hair for 17 years, it's coming up on 17 years this year. And I started in the hair industry when I, I went to one year of college after high school and I kind of thought, oh, this, I want to go to hair school eventually, but I'll get like a business degree or I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and so went to college, realized socially, this is amazing, but academically, I have no interest in being here. So I went to hair school. I went to Paul Mitchell, the school in San Diego, which I absolutely loved, which I know is unique. Most people are rushing to get out of beauty school, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and honestly, one of the reasons that I wanted to get into hair, I think back to this now, which is so funny, is... I didn't have this like overwhelming passion for hair. I was okay at it. I was like as decent as the next person, but I really, when I was 18, like thinking about what I wanted to do, I wanted a career where I could sleep in past 6am, like no joke. These were my reasons. Yes, for doing I, hair. I wanted to sleep in and I wanted, I knew I wanted like a lot of flexibility with my schedule. So Based on those two things, I guess I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll go to hair school. So, That's amazing because we don't start at 6 a.m. in this industry. No, no. And, I, and But the irony now is that I have two little kids and I'm, I never sleep in past six. So it's kind of funny. But um, so started in the industry 17 years ago, graduated just about 17 years ago. Um, I worked in a very small, I moved salons three times in the first about 10 years of working, but it was within a three block radius. I kind of, you know, the classic story I started working. I had no clients. I booth rented after five months because I thought I had no idea why me and my one client, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, it was that draw of like, oh, I want to be my own boss, but 
you know, I was 20. I had no responsibilities. Luckily, my mom helped me, but I was very broke. Didn't make any money, but I don't necessarily regret the experience. I don't know that I would recommend it without getting all your ducks in a row, but here we are. Um, so yeah, just slowly, slowly tried to build a clientele, learned a lot of hard lessons along the way, just because, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but education wasn't available the same way that it is now when I started in school or when I started doing hair. So kind of learned a lot of things the hard way. And then slowly started about 10 to 12 years into my career. My friend said, Hey, will you come teach a class for my salon? I was like, well, I do what? Like, I don't know how to teach a class. I've never done that. (laughs) So I started kind of, you know, I went and taught the class and she's like, just don't tell anybody you've never done this. Like, just show us what you do basically in the salon. And I'm like, okay, feels weird, but whatever. So I did and I liked it. And I kind of walked away from it saying, okay, well, that was kind of fun. And then the salon that I was working at at the time, the owner said, we were all kind of taking um, turns, like the stylists were taking turns teaching the student or teaching our coworkers, like teaching each other. So we, she offered me the opportunity to teach a class and she's like, why don't we just try and sell tickets? Let's just see how it goes. And we sold a couple tickets. And then from there, I kind of started thinking, okay, I, I kind of like this and might want to pursue this a bit more. And, um, at that point is also when I started really focusing on social media a lot more and really focusing on making that actually part of my business, as opposed to just kind of randomly posting whatever, not really knowing what to do. Whenever you feel like it. Yeah, exactly. How long ago was this ish? This was in like, I would say 2015 is when I had a meeting with a social media, like guide person. I don't know what even to call him. He didn't do any of the work for me, but he kind of helped advise me. I would say like a consultant kind of. Yes, exactly. So, um, that was like 2015. And then the edge, I guess the education probably started a little bit after that. Cause the education was more like 2018 ish, something like that. So, um, and in the beginning, even of Instagram, I still had no clue what I was doing, but that's when I made the push to like slowly start moving forward with that. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been a slow growth, but the last couple of years, things kind of started to take off more with education. And of course, COVID happened and I had a whole year of classes planned, in-person classes planned around the whole US, basically. I was going to like 12 places and COVID happened. So I really had to pivot. And my assistant and I had been talking about this idea for a long time of a virtual kind of education platform. Nobody was really doing that at the time. Maybe one or two people were. And I thought, well, now I have the time. So launched BCU. I, at the, in the beginning was just filming, you know, on my cell phone, my assistant was filming me. The videos were very low quality, I'll say. Um, but eventually with growth, now I use a videographer. It's a bit more professional and I've, yeah, your videos are amazing. Oh my gosh. Thanks for quality is so I am a member of VCU. I am a paying member just so you guys know, (laughs) and I fully believe in not only supporting other educators, but staying green and continuing to educate. And so for somebody like me, where I teach on Mondays. So it's really hard for me to be able to take classes. And so the fact that you have this, I'm just like, ah, 
It's a gold mine at my fingertips. <laughs> I love it. And I'm grateful for it. So Yay. I didn't cut you off. Sorry. But oh, yeah, your videos are freaking top notch. You're fine. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's definitely been a learning experience and I am grateful that, you know, people have stuck around and saw me through those early days where it was literally just like a seven minute cell phone video. And I've gotten a lot better. And now we film with the intention, of course, of it being on BC, whereas before it was just like, I had all this content and I kind of turned it into something. So it's been a learning experience. So, so yeah, BCU is just about three years old and I just recently have kind of taken a step back from taking clients behind the chair, like paying clients that come in on a schedule, just because I was at that point where it was kind of a crossroads of, okay, I can do one thing really well, but I can't do everything really well because I don't have enough time. So I'm now focusing on, I still take content models and I'm, I'm working back towards being behind the chair at least a couple of days a month just to still keep up my skills. You know, yeah, I took stay in it. Yeah. I took a couple months off from that. And I honestly, I really missed it. Yeah. And I didn't miss the logistics, if I'm being honest, of like rescheduling clients and like moving clients around. Back that, it, yeah. Yes. That stuff just takes time, but I missed so desperately just working with hair, doing, getting to play with hair. And, and also I still need to keep my skills up and, just be relatable to people. But I do, I did truly miss it. I mean, it's such an outlet when you are a hairstylist and sometimes you forget how much you love that part of it when you're caught up in like the nitty gritty of the scheduling and this and that and back and forth and ordering color and all that stuff that kind of takes time, but it did step away from it. And then you realize what you had. Yes. Oh shit. No, I actually miss it. (laughs) It's so true. It probably took some time. No. Cause I took like three and a half weeks off between the new year uh-huh. And I, I didn't really miss it that much, if I'm being yep. honest. But yeah, I think totally. had it been a couple of months, I would have been like, no, I miss my clients and I miss, you know, being in the in it, right? There's, exactly. There's one part of it where you're teaching and, you know, you're doing your content models with the intention of teaching. But there's another part of it when you're just behind the chair and the intention is really to serve the guest, the client paying, yes. and uh, both are great. It's just, yeah, you, you might miss it a little bit. That's why I think... The educators who do step away, I think they they end up just like you and they're like, no, maybe like one or two days a week or a month. I need to, yep. to take some people and like, it's the sanity, right? Exactly. It's that. And it's also just the whole vibe of like, you know, I was in a suite after COVID. I went to a suite, which I loved for a lot of reasons. And I think it really served me well at that time. But then once I took a step away from taking clients, I found not only I missed the clients, but you know, I missed that whole vibe of like being in the salon with my friends, which was part of the reason why I got into hair in the first place, right? Because it's a great social Yeah, It's fun. Exactly. So I've been loving that and getting back into that. And it is really just, it's helpful, honestly, to stay relatable and to, I just love it. It's just such a good outlet. So Yeah. We're just, you know, going along and figuring out the next thing one step at a time. Yeah. I think with the skills too, like the more you don't use it, you really do lose it. Like I took a break from doing extensions for many years because it was just, I was focused on color. And then when I started doing extensions again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so much slower. Like I still know how to do it, but I lost it. Like I lost the sauce and I was like, no, nope, yeah. I gotta get back. Like I cannot lose. This is a very important skill. Um, yeah. 
So totally. yeah, I, I hear you. So BCU is celebrating three years. Yes. And so it was at COVID when you launched it then. Like it was I, April 24th, I feel like it was before that. I feel like it's, I've yeah. seen your Facebook group long, but did you have a Facebook group before that? I probably had like a Facebook page like oh, okay. of me, okay. but yeah, no, it launched in April of 2020, mm-hmm. right when we were all like in- pretty much everybody was stuck inside for the most part. So I think COVID was horrendous in so many ways and awful, but for me it was, and for a lot of businesses, I feel like for me, it was so, it helped. I mean, it really helped me. I hate saying that because so much bad came from it, but it was very, very beneficial to me at the time. It was really, really helpful. No, I'm with you. Um, I was talking, oh God, I remember who I was talking to about, but I said 2020 was one of the best years for me yeah. professionally um, because I had moved out of my suite into my space. Now, like there's so many good things that happen. And so we were discussing that. And I think it comes down to mindset. Everything always comes back down to mindset. Oh right? yeah, like, absolutely. So if, if we bought in either consciously or unconsciously <clears throat> to the mindset of like, this is going to destroy my business. This is going to blow. Like if you bought into that, then there is a good chance that you were part of the 12% of people who left the hair industry. Yep. So true. You bought into that. But if you like Carly did, right? Like you see it. Okay. This we're in it. It's shit. We're in it. But what's the opportunity? Like, what can I do here? Where is there room for growth? And you take that and you run with it. You will see there was a small percentage of people who freaking thrived 2020, yep. 2021. I set that as one of my benchmark years that pivoted and, and completely shifted, um, my career. So I, I, hear yep. you. Like I, I get, there was a lot of bad and I'm not, um, discounting that it, you know, but right. There was also good. And oh, so, yeah. and that's with everything, even with social media, like I was talking about to, to somebody else earlier. And it's like, there's so many good things. Yes. There's some bad things with social media, but it has been such a blessing. And would you agree that it, probably contributed to why BCU is as successful as it is. Oh, a thousand percent. I say that all the time. Social Mm. media changed my life. And I'm not naive enough to think that I would have been able to build remotely what I have with BCU without social media. And it is soul sucking and I hate it sometimes. And I think there's a misconception that like, I love social media because I'm on there often and post a lot. Yeah. But I, I hate it sometimes too, but ultimately it changed my life, changed my business. There's no freaking way I ever could have created what I created without it. So I am very grateful to it for a lot of like the 12 classes that you had booked. Yes. Uh, even if it was 20 students, a class times 12, I'm not good at math, but yeah. you would have impacted that many people versus what you're impacting because of this vehicle yeah. of social media. And so it's funny you say that because I have people who tell me, oh my God, you're so good on social and you you must love it. And I'm like, I fucking hate it. Yes. I, I don't. Well, okay. Let's just, I don't hate it. Um, It's a fun, creative outlet for me, but there is when you do it right, and I'm learning, okay, I am learning how right. to do it right. It is so much work. Oh, it's a full time job. Yeah, the fun is like ten percent of yeah the whole big picture, and it's like ah, damn, like there's uh, way more to it than just making funny reels or making fun content. If your purpose is to 
serve your audience and educate them. If you're using social media for fun, then it's not as soul sucking because you post your freaking margarita or you post your picture, like it's fine. But when you're using it for a a bigger purpose, yes, it's a job. That's why people get paid to run people's accounts because it's so much work. It is so much work, which, oh yeah. You know, like you said, it changed your life. So you do it. It's like, I I attribute it to like, even if you don't like it, you're going to do it kind of like working out. I hate working out. I, I despise it, but I do it because not even for physical, my mental health, my mental health depends on, I need to punch a bag. Like I have to, if I don't, then I'm angry. And so I go at six o'clock in the morning when I don't want to, I post on social media when I don't want to, because we forget you have to. You have to. Exactly. Yep. And that's all part of discipline. You know, it's just, it's like, I'm not obsessed with it, but I'm disciplined enough to do it because I know the end result is worth it, but it's yeah, because your students are watching and they're learning and they're picking up pieces and then you're bringing on new students and you're nurturing the ones you have. And it's like, you gotta, and again, I'm learning too, guys. I have not a lot of room to speak, but, um, you use that tool that we have at our fingertips that we didn't have, you know, Carly and I were talking about it when we both started in the industry, there was no social media. There was no education, maybe MySpace, maybe. Yeah. But it wasn't but nobody used. was using it. No. no, it was used for like your top eight and your friends. Like it wasn't used yeah. for education. And so we have just such an abundance of information at our fingertips. And, and when you find this is to the stylist. If you find an educator that you resonate with, you like the way they speak, you like the way they teach, you like their work, that you vibe with them, that's who you want to go with, right? That's who you want to invest in. That's who you want to learn from. And it might not be everybody and that's okay, right? Right. Because there are educators who I don't resonate with at all, still love and respect them. There's hairdressers. I don't resonate with at all, but I respect you. And so Um, I think that's important as, as a stylist looking for education, because would you agree there's education is every, like we went from nothing to just exploded, exploded. And so I I think one of the keys and who you decide to take education from is you got to vibe with them. You've got to resonate and something to to consider is when, and this is the same thing with clients, guys, clients are going to come to you if they resonate with you. So when you're posting consistently on social media and showing who you are, that's going to bring your people to you. So just like as a hairdresser, you're going to pick and choose who you decide to go learn with clients are doing the same thing. So exactly that discipline, it's relevant, even if you're not an educator guys, like so true, you have to, this is the, the one tool that we have that can literally change your life. Like it did uh, for you. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. So let me ask you this. When you made that post about balance, I think you know which one I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, What kind of like, can you talk about it? And then what kind of triggered, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, but I was like, oh my God, she gets it. She gets it. Cause not a lot of people do. Totally. Yeah. So it was a real, and I think it was, it said unpopular opinion and it said, um, I have no balance and I like it that way or like something along those lines. Yeah. And I'm okay with that or whatever. So it, so I, I really have kind of over, you know, my business is growing and whatever. And I really 
pretty, I'd say constantly, honestly, since I've been doing hair, it's been a challenge of like this quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, like balance and how do I get it? And oh, should I turn my phone off at 5 PM and should I stop working nights and weekends and blah, blah, blah. And I just always felt like, no, like I want to make more money. I want to be busier. I want to do these other things and working two days a week. How in the fuck am I going to fit that in? Like, how am I going to fit everything in? There's no way. So it's something I've constantly been really kind of struggling with. And then, you know, I got married and had kids and then it becomes even more of a thing. (laughs) That's a whole other level of you don't have balance and you have no boundaries. Exactly. People attached to you. It just doesn't. doesn't. Exactly. So I was like, you know, and people are like, find your balance. You have to be around for your kids and da da da. And well, I do think of course, yes, I don't want to let their whole lives go by and I'm just absent for all of it. I kind of just accepted this idea and some other people that I, you know, follow and admire or whatever kind of have talked a little bit about this and just the idea of more integration. Like I had to get past the idea of there's this quote unquote balance that's going to be perfect for me. Like I'm going to have shut off my work life and then have my personal life. And it's going to be fit into this little box. And that just never, that didn't happen. And honestly, when I stopped the pressure on myself and I just let go of that and was like, you know what? Fuck balance. Like, I don't care. It was a relief, which you'd think it'd be the opposite. Like once I found the balance, it was great, but I found relief and felt relief when I let go of that and was like, you know what? This is what it is. And we kind of talked about briefly, just the way I see it is, and you know, whether you're an educator, whether you work with brands, whether you work with clients, there is a blip on the radar screen when you are, I use the word relevant, but I don't know if that would fit in every scenario, but when like, it's your time and it's your moment and you don't know if you're going up from there or like, is this the peak of everything? So to me, I'm like, why I would be silly to pass this opportunity up because of quote unquote, like I need to turn my phone off at 5 PM every night or whatever balance looks like to people. Like I would be a fool to pass up this opportunity. And to be honest, it's a curse and a blessing to really, truly like what you do, because I don't want to turn off work. Like when I have people DMing me with questions on BCU, like I don't, you know, I'm answering them like 10 PM just because I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, why Didn't would you do a live at like seven 30 the other night? I was like, this is dinner and bedtime. And this girl is online. Hell yeah. Like that is my people. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no. And I, I, I love that, that you resonate with that. And, and you know, and a lot of people had really good feedback about that and were like, this is how I am. Like, you know, this, another thing that I hate, I hate this term because I feel like it's used negatively, but quote unquote hustle culture. And people are just like, Oh, hustle culture is dead. This is mad. No, no. I'm like, that. what else is there? Like that is when you're an entrepreneur or, and, and by the way, even if you work for a salon, even if you're an employee, you're an entrepreneur in this business. It is what it is. And when you are a business owner, there's like, what is the option aside from hustle culture? I like that term is just, I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like I've been with friends, family, and even on social, just shamed for this toxic hustle culture or being a workaholic. And I think that if it interferes 
at some point with your physical and mental health, that's when yes. it can become a problem. Like I get that hundred percent wholeheartedly totally. in the people in my personal life that I know that I would define as successful, whether that is financially, whether that is their health, whether that is their family, whatever, everyone has what I view as successful. None of them did that taking three days a week off, not working nights and weekends, taking the, like none of them did that. Everybody that I look at, and this is just a personal opinion, guys, please. Like it is not Bible. It is not law. But when I look at the people who have what I want, right, they've made yeah. it to this, whatever. And I ask them, and a lot of them are my clients, guys. I have some incredible clients and my, my behind the chair world has really shaped my mindset. Yep. And a lot of them will always say you have to work. Like it is not handed to you, but what's happened is even you said earlier, you're like BCU it's, or it's been a long journey or something along those lines. Right. But like, so we see it on Instagram, like, no, it isn't like all of a sudden you're popular. Everything's great. Like you're (laughs) making money. and, And then it's like, you don't realize what really goes in to get to that point, which then this person peaks. And what that is, is hard fucking work. Yeah, it is hard. Now you don't have to be like doing busy, unproductive stuff, but there is no, and this is again, opinion, right? Based on what I've learned, based on what I've seen, based on who I've spoken to, there is no shortcut. There is no handout. There is no easy way out. It is you do the work. Yep. Exactly. That's it. Like you don't do the work and then you can have a good life. But if you're wanting something that's extraordinary, it takes amount, an, an extraordinary amount of work to get to said extraordinary, whatever your big dreams and big goals are. Um, totally. It's not going to be handed to you. Absolutely. And I do, I totally agree. And like you said, um, such a great point about the people that are in, in the position that you want to be in. Like, look at what they have done and learned from them. Because like you said, you can have an excellent life and work three days a week and take the other four days of the week off or do whatever you want with it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, you know, it's to each their own. For me, for one, I have a personality that I'm just like, I'm too bored with too much, like too much time off is actually, I think, detrimental to me, honestly. Yeah, it's just, it's not great for me. And I have found that, you know, I discovered quickly that even early on taking clients, like going back to, you know, outside of the educator world, taking clients, it becomes that thing of like, yeah, you could, you could pretty much work as many hours as you want. If you have the clients, I mean, there would be people willing to come in, you know, 6, 7 PM at night, whatever. And yes, there is a time when maybe, you know, eventually I stopped working till eight or 9 PM every night because yes, I wanted to see my kids. And there is some sort of, you know, a quote unquote balance in there, but ultimately I think that's more of a boundary though. Right. Totally. You're right. It's, I totally agree with that. It kind of came down to, I've even posted about this. Like when I first started doing hair, I worked nights and weekends and that's just what it was, but I didn't even care. Cause I was like, well, this person has to come in at five on a Wednesday. What am, so I turned them away. Okay. That's fine. But like, I want that money and I want that client. So in all aspects of this business, there's an opportunity to, you could do so much like where you said you get like physically and mentally, you know, sick. And I'm not promoting like never until no, no. you're dead. 
like literally dead, but, um, but don't shy away. Exactly. And hard work will get you to where you want to be hands down. I fully agree with what you said. So, and even like when you were talking about, you know, the working three days a week, like if you built up a clientele that pays you enough to where you can take and make the same amount of money in three days than you can in five. There, listen, I am so cool with that. Oh, like yeah. you should absolutely do that. But what I'm saying is you only work three days a week when you don't even have a full solid clientele. Yeah. That's, and then, that's the difference. Yes. Like, and which is earn the right to do that. Right. Like totally. And that I think is the goal, right? You get all those clients that are, this is what I always say though, with clients, like, because I went to doing that, doing like three days a week. I was there ten, like to eight to 10 hours a day and I loved it. It was perfect. Fit my clients in and whatever. But the reason that I had those clients that are like willing to come on a Wednesday at 10 a.m., even though they have a nine to five job, is because I started taking them when they had to come on Saturdays. Yeah, accommodating them. Yes. And I always say this because, again, like you said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And even if you're just starting out and you want to work three days a week, like I don't hate on that whatsoever. But you have to understand that there are those clients that are need to come in on nights and weekends and they're going to go somewhere else because they don't have a loyalty with you. Once you get those clients and they're loyal to you, then yes. And setting more boundaries, they're much more apt to come to me who they've been seeing for five years and take off one Wednesday morning every six weeks versus Sally down the street who they've never had an appointment with. They have no relationship with. And she's like, the only time I can see you is Wednesday at 10, they're going to be like, you know what? I can't, I need to Saturday. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just a matter of like, you know, the people are going to go somewhere. And if you want them to go to you, like maybe be available. Yeah. And then it's not only just the working hours, because here's the thing. If you're working three days a week, that's fine. What are you doing on the other four days to build up those three days. So there's that element of it too, of just like, okay, you can do three days. Maybe you want to do part-time booth rental financially. That's more incentivizing for you. That's cool. But then those other four days, are you doing the work that it takes to fill up? So it's, it, that's what we're talking about. It's not, oh, you shouldn't only work three days. You should work seven days a week. No, but it's like, where is your focus? Where is your mind when it comes to growing your business, because like a garden, right? Like raising children, you have to pour into it in order for it to deliver the things that you're wanting. And so uh, there is this huge misconception. I it's personal preference or my perspective of that. We need this balance, right? Like we need for our, and, and this is a very unpopular opinion. I think that's just an easy way out to be lazy. Mm-hmm. And I might have some people come at me for that. And I apologize. Like it's not to come off offensive, but I've taken that road and I've seen what the the dedication and hard road work looks like and which one is more fruitful. Yeah, totally. Like, is it me yep. working three days a week and not doing shit the rest of the time? Or is it me being on an intentional not busy, but productive, right. That's going to be more rewarding for success, whatever you want to call that. So totally. And you're so right. Cause some, because it is true that 
the idea of like self-care and this and that, and is so intensely integrated. And again, self-care, I fully promote self-care, but like, to me, everybody has their own definition of it, right? Like maybe people need to get a massage twice a month and that is their thing. And they need to set that time apart. And that's great for me. Self-care sometimes looks like from 10 to 11 PM, I'm like binging reality trash TV that I can just zone out on. So I think there is this idea that people get almost like they don't even know that they necessarily need it, but they get in this mindset of like, oh, well, I guess I need to have a self-care routine because it seems like what's healthy for me to do. And self-care doesn't look the same for everybody. It can really be so different for so many people, depending on what you need and want. So, you know, if you're kind of listening to this and you're like, yeah, I do like working a lot, but I feel guilty about it because there is a lot of society that's saying, oh, toxic hustle culture. Like, no, fuck that. Just do what you want to do. And if it's getting the job done and you feel good about it and you're not, you know, mentally nurse. Yeah, exactly. And it's well, not, you know, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, like we said, that point of actual physical, you know, yeah, yeah. if it's going to bring about burnout and like mental or physical health, then that's not worth it. But a, a realization that I had, I don't know, a few years ago, when this whole idea of self-care with the massages and the baths and like, I'm here for it. Listen, I am as girly and as freaking pamper me as it gets. But, 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 but I realized that when I work on my business, which I love, so this is easier if you love what you do. When I work on my business and when I pour into it, what it needs for it to thrive, that is Mm self-care because I am creating the life that I want. So if I want to go get the massages or if I want to freaking Instacart a $17 latte, like I can because right. I've, we're, I've put in the work and that is a form of self-care. And I think it's not fair that as a whole, it is shamed upon yeah. to this toxic culture or this workaholic. I think if it's, if you're a workaholic for a job that you hate, for a job that doesn't appreciate you for a, a, a whatever, and you're not being fulfilled, then yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's all bad. Right. But if you're like Carly said, you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a commission stylist, whatever you're building a business, if you love it, that's as rewarding as it fucking gets to be able to pour into your business and see the fruits of your labor and then take that and live the life that you want. Maybe you want a vacation. Maybe you want to buy real estate. Maybe you want to build whatever, but that can only come from when you pour into your business, if you love it. So, so true. There's a, there's a whole dialogue happening um, on social and in real life about people, you know, boundaries and self-care. And while all of that is important, be careful not to get sucked into the idea of it. And if it's going to take you away from your big goals and big dreams, because those big goals, those big dreams, who's going to do them for you? Exactly. And sometimes there really is a finite amount of time. Like if you sit back for 20 years and then in 20 years, you're like, oh, wait, you know what I'd really love to do? That thing I wanted to do 20 years ago. And there are sometimes time limits on things, but it's, you know, yeah, it's such a great point about just the work's not going to get done unless you do it really. I mean, and not to sound morbid, but to your point, 
you don't know what the hell is going to happen tomorrow. Yep, exactly. You have no idea. And as much as we all think, oh, I can get to it later, right? If there's yeah. something that you want for yourself, why not now? Exactly. Why not now? If not now, then when? Um, and I mean, I've shared this story before. My mom died when she was 36. Who would ever think that they're going to die at 36 years old? So, I mean, now as an adult, I look back and I think, what if there was things that she wanted to do that she didn't for fear of X, Y, and Z, right? Because we thought, well, I can do it another time. No, you can't because you have no freaking clue what's going to happen tomorrow. And I know that sounds morbid and I'm not trying to be like morbid, but oh, it's true. It was a big lesson that I learned really early on. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Tomorrow's a promise. So if I want something, I need to do what it takes to, to get it. And then, you know, I've, I've ran with that in my whole life. And so people tell, oh, you're a workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And my family isn't suffering. My mental health isn't suffering. If it does, then I back off. Exactly. Right. Like take a little breaky break and then dive right back in. Yep. And you know, and people know what like their breaking points. I mean, for me, I did like a challenge with myself because I'm just oh God, a I was following along with that. Yes. I was like, this girl is crazy. Oh my God. I posted five times a day for 30 days in January and it killed me. Like truly the last, now we're recording this in the beginning of March. So from February to now, I've been so burned out on content creation. I've pretty much reposted. Everything is an old post that I've reposted. And that's just, I need to clear my brain a little bit and not have that constant content creation. But you know what happened in those 30 days that I did the five posts a day? Like it was so helpful for my business. It was so, I mean, I saw so much growth, not only in my social media, but in my NBCU. So it worked, but like, that's what I could do at the time. Now I right this month, like I would die if I had to do that. I couldn't do it. I just don't have the ideas. So I'm taking, you know, I take a little breather and then I reset and feel out what feels right at the time. So just like that's just a testament of like the literal hard work or doing the work. Yeah. And and that's the cool thing with social media and what you do, especially you get instant, uh, instant gratification, instant results. Like you can measure instantly the effort versus yeah and so totally. that's that's kind of cool with social media and obviously if you're doing anything in the online space um you see a direct correlation oh right? yeah if you're consistently posting i know when i was consistently posting my account grew a lot when yep. i don't consistently post it slows down not that it it matters but it does matter because as the account grows then yep. you have more reach with people that you can help right like Totally. You know, I have this thing that I think could help you. And so the more people that's exposed to it, hence why I think your 30 day challenge did so well, because you were posting about what people want Yeah, and, but five days a week, holy or five times a day, not five, five times a day for, five days for seven days. Ah, yeah. And at first I was like, that. Oh, on, on the weekends, I'm going to do twice a day. And my husband's like, well, that's not really a 30 day yeah. challenge. Then oh, he sounds like my husband. My husband would do the same. I shit. was like, you know what? <laughs> You're right. Unfortunately, but yeah. it tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth saying that he's right. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think, um, one of the, when we're talking about this whole idea of balance and the, this misconception that balance exists and it doesn't, um, 
When you, let me ask you this and then I'll share my opinion. So when you're with your kids, Mm -hmm. because they're still, are they in daycare? Yeah, they are. So when you're with them, what, like, what does the balance look like? Yeah. Great question. I mean, I'm constantly just like on my phone kind of half the time, like just looking at stuff, either posting or replying to DMs. And I know I will get harshly judged for that, but like my kids have a great life. I mean, they, they really do. And I spend quality time with them. Like there's times when I'm even sick of my phone. I'm like, fuck this thing. I'm, I don't even want to look at it, but it's just, it's just, it, it's a huge part of my life is being on the internet. And so I'm, you know, we're playing or whatever. They're kind of, I'm kind of doing their own thing anyways. Exactly. They're little. So I think if people do come at you for that, I mean, your, your kids are one in four. So I think it's different versus if you had a teenager that was like going through an existential crisis and then you're on Instagram, like you wouldn't do it, but it's a one-year-old, like the one she don't care. Yeah, she, 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 she give her like toys and she's happy. Exactly. And that is kind of the thing. Like they're distracted. And there are times when more of my son, my daughter is just kind of like bumbling along, but my son will be like, Mama, will you play with me? And you know, in those moments, I like put the phone aside, whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, when they go to bed, then I'm kind of back at it for a little bit because then I have a little bit more time. And during the day, it's hard to fit in everything I need to, honestly, because other things come up like calls or meetings or like I podcast episodes. (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, all good stuff, but it's just, you know, there's a certain amount of hours in the day to do what I want to do. And some of the times at 8 PM, I'm like, like this last couple of weeks, I've been really just not interested in working like past eight, basically like up to this point, I would say, I really think that 30 day challenge burned me out, but I totally did. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of times I know I'll go back through this phase where I'm like, my best hours are like eight to 11 and I like get so much done, but I'm just, I kind of go in and out of different modes. So when they're around, I do, I'm, I mean, I'm integrating my business and with their life, you know, and my husband also works for like we work together on BCU. So it's truly just, we're constantly talking about it, constantly game planning, like coming up with new ideas, talking about it. So it's, I never shut it off, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're okay with it. And so yeah. nobody's judgment. Um, Cause we all could be a little judgy Judy, I think. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you got to find what works for you. And as long as you're clean with it, like what Carly was saying earlier, like, you know, there's this whole idea of toxic culture or toxic hustle culture. And, but you actually enjoy working. If it feels off, it feels off. So like do what feels good for you, do what feels right for you. And so for your family, it seems that like, this is the right thing to do and it's working and your kids, I, and people tell me I'm justifying it. But I look at it as my son is watching his mom work and the value of hard work and the life that he has is because of the hard work that my husband and I do. And so I feel like I'm teaching him that value of like, no, you can create the life that you want. You don't have to go work for somebody. You can do it. And yeah. and again, some people are like, oh, you're just justifying being a workaholic. Fine. So be it. I'm justifying it. But yeah. I'm teaching that kid that anything is fucking possible. Yep, totally. And, and I, I say the same thing. Yeah. And he doesn't need, I mean, again, for me anyways, like there are times where if there's something else that I'm doing, 
like if it's not work related, if it's my son or my husband or whatever, I'm fully present in those moments. Yeah. And so it's all about the quality, not the quantity. Totally. Right. I could sit next to my kid for six hours and he does his own thing. I do my own thing. Or we spend one hour together intentionally playing board games or whatever. And that yep. one hour is going to be more valuable than the six hours of me sitting next to him while he's playing video games. Absolutely. So think about that when you're, when you're worried about this whole balance, it's when you're doing what you're doing, be fully there doing it, be fully present, whether it's your work, your client, your child, your spouse, whatever, and then move on to the next thing. But exactly. there is, there's no, there is no balance. balance. It's like when, there's like no perfect newborn. balance. Like when you have a newborn, right? Yeah. There's no life outside of just having a newborn. Like you are around that newborn, there is no balance. You are in it. Oh, that's yeah. what you're doing. Like you are raising a newborn and getting them to like the first two months and hope they don't like, fall. Yeah, hope they so, make it. Hope that they make it, right? And then eventually it because so when you're doing something big, whether it's raising a newborn or starting a business, you got to be all in. Like, totally. Or else it's not going to grow, right? It's totally. And, and so that post was so good. Good. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. And just like the last, you know, I'll just say one more thing about it is that I feel like, like you said, I, I say the thing as well about my kids are watching me build this life and my husband and I do it together and, you know, they're seeing us do this kind of thing, but it is like you said with the newborn, like you work your ass off for, I mean, more than a newborn kids are so much work for like the first five years and, and forever, but you do all that hard work and then you get to enjoy like the hard work that you did. And it gets easier. Like with BCU in the beginning, I was working like my ass off. I had no idea what I was doing. So I was trying to learn and also create content and work behind the chair and all the stuff. And it was, it was a lot, but now it's less because I've figured more stuff out and I've learned how to delegate some things. And there's those different stages. I always say like, I'm in the season of life right now. of just working my ass off. And somebody that I follow is real Eric Vaughn on Instagram. And I think one of the things, one of the most validating statements for me was he wrote, he made a post and was like, what's your, what's your day? Like behind the chair, like how many hours do you work? And he was, it was basically like morning till night. He's doing all the shit. And, and he's like, I think we need to normalize working that working your ass off for the life that you want. And I was like, I I just got goosebumps. Yes. I feel, I felt so validated by that. And I was like, you know what? That is right. Because I know what I want and money is a big motivator for me, but also just the freedom of having my kids liberty that comes with the money guys. It's not, I made a post about this too. It's not about flaunting designer and going on these fucking, no, it's that you can do what you want when you want, how you want. If you have the financial means and how do you get the financial means? You work your ass off. Exactly. It's not luck. Carly didn't get lucky. Like it's not fucking luck. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No. So when Eric said that, I was like, wow, that it struck me. And that was like three years ago. And I have since met him. And I was like, Eric, I don't think you realize in that one, like it was an Instagram story. Like it wasn't even a big deal. It was just like, that's what he said. And I, I, it stuck with me so much. And I, I believe wholeheartedly in that, like work your at normalize working your ass after the life you want, because that's what it takes. So well, that's how I feel about your posts. Like I saw it and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, yes, 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 yes. There isn't this, cause especially with women, right? Like women who are mothers, 
we have this false idea of we need to find balance and I need to be about right. Like, yeah. no. And so you said that. And I was like, amen. Yes. That has stuck with me. And I feel validated because I feel the same way and it's not reciprocated in society in general. No What's it's frowned upon, right? Like you need to be, you can't be a workaholic and you have to be this and this. And it's like, well, no, I want to fucking work. Yeah. Like exactly. you said, too much time off is bad. For me, it is. Yes. Bad, 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 bad. And I always think I want it. And then I get a day off and then I'm like doing shit around the house. And my husband's like, can you just sit? And yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. because this needs to get da, 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 da. right. So it was very validating for me. So how he, uh, what he did for you, you have done for me. Just oh, yay. Oh, and that's why I'm so excited that you came on um, the podcast to talk about it because I have a feeling, just an inclination that we are not the only ones who feel this way. Yes, totally. It, we're not the louder voice, but I know that there is a lot of people who agree with the value of hard work, the value of relentlessness, yep. going after whatever that life you want yep. to do whatever it takes to get there. Totally. And period. End of story. It's on you. Period. Yep. Period. And you have this, and you have this tool, you have social media. We have like, we have access to everything. There's yep. literally no excuse other than the one that's in between your two ears. Yep. No it's so true, you. which can get loud at times, but then you just got to keep pushing through that. And yep. It's yeah, just, but it gets loud and you yeah. shut it up and then it gets loud and you talk yeah. it out in a safe space. Like my friend Julie was saying earlier, you talk it out and then you move on. Yep, exactly. On. So, so for sweet. those of you that are listening, um, I want to thank you guys for taking the time. Um, I know I was really looking forward to this episode and it did not disappoint at yes. all. And it always helps when like, I can talk to somebody who we have the same point of view on something because then it's yeah. like, we're just going to egg each other on. It's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, but for those of you listening, just to reiterate, right? Like it's not that I'm, I'm promoting. And I think you're going to agree to, we're not promoting work till you fucking die. Right. Or oh, no. work your ass off and not be, if, if there's no fruit at the end of the labor, that's it's, that's the wrong path. But if you're on a path and you're seeing success, like what Carly saw with BCU, like she saw the success, right? So you fucking double down, you push the gas and you ride it out as long as you can. It may be a Valley and you may even get higher, but it may also be your peak. So So you, you don't know. So just fucking go full throttle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, Carly, thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy day for my little podcast, but I know I appreciate it. I know um, everyone who listens is definitely going to appreciate it. So tell me or tell whoever's listening um, how they can join BCU, how they can follow you, all the stuff. And then I'll put it in the caption below as well, guys. Yeah, perfect. So, um, well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's an honor and I love chatting with you. Um, So to join BCU, there is a link in my Instagram bio, which is probably the easiest way. And that will take you right to where you need to go to sign up for BCU. Or you can go to the dash blonde dash chronicles.com and find it there as well. But I am at the dot blonde dot chronicles on Instagram. So that's the easiest way to find me. Perfect. So if you're not, I'm sure you guys are already following her, but if you're not, um, 
amazing technical education, amazing guest educators. Um, her video, it just, it's all so good. And I remember when I signed up for it, I was like, I didn't know what I was necessarily signing up for. Cause like, I don't know. I was like, okay, yeah. fine. Like this seems cool. And I like education and I don't have time to take the classes. And so I was blown away, not only at the quality, but the amount of content and it's so organized. Oh, thank so you. Sometimes like, you know, things are everywhere and like, you're very organized and everything has its place. So it works for my, like that part of my brain, but then, so I'm here for it. You guys definitely go check it out. Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you have an amazing day. And for all of you listening, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye guys. Bye.